Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to the Season 9 premiere of Factions of Freedom. I entitled this episode, Technocratic Foundations, Clashes of Cultural Control, and Corrupting Innocence. And I'll be getting into that and more in just a moment. But before we do, a few quick updates for you guys. We are having a, a, a start of Season 9 sale for the 4th of July, as well as the 50th anniversary of the Air Force landing on the moon. You can get 30% off store-wide using promo code NINER. Exclusive members, you may have noticed that we tweaked your exclusive members code to give you 50% off store-wide. And that's something else we'll be doing throughout the entirety of the season to boost our program and to improve everything we're doing. It's truly through your guys' support and continued help that we're able to be where we are today. Uh, last thing on the list... Parts 1 through 4, the complete 8-hour series with Adam Nix and J.C. Abbott of the Wayfinder Podcast is now available. I'll attach that link to the description bar below. I have a few more updates, but you guys have to wait till the end of the show to hear them. And with that being said, let's kick off Season 9. I have prepared an opening statement for season nine. We are recording the 4th of July, 2019. Salutations, my friends. Here we are, yet again, at another crossroad of chaos, trying to orient ourselves. Season eight has taught us a number of incalculable things that if given time, we could effectively digest for the years to come, but due to the increasingly rapid consumptive nature of society that we're developing, I doubt it will ever find its place amongst the importance at which it is placed. This fact does not denounce the gravity of the truth of the work. In fact, in a perspective set, it only shows the value of such content. We're at a juncture of judgment right now. The country has been whipped into a fervor from Russian collusion to abortion and now we're barreling towards climate change and immigration. The masses, intentionally misdirected and willingly deceived, work in favor of their corporate masters, unaware that the very freedom they call for are silver chains of debt disguised as empty promises. This is the corporatocracy. Trump is meant to usher in the technocracy, but before doing so, and we've discussed this with you towards the end of Season 8, the joining of TIP, technology, intelligence, and media, must occur. Google, Fedbook, Twitter, and more all appear to bend the knee of compliance, only to strike at an opportune moment for usurpation, and once this switch has been thrown, we cannot go back. Elon Musk once spoke of an immortal dictator from which we would never escape. And now we live in a world beyond a George Orwell's 1984. This and more is the precursor to this season. I assure you that the chaos and the weird will not halt. Quote, There will be only transhumans in the technocracy. This statement has more implications than can be said. It isn't meant to be something only physical, but also mental, emotional, spiritual, as well as digital. The idea is that you have no idea. That you are not you. That you are a part of a whole. And as you lose yourself, you'll begin to love that absolution. 
you will find solitude and comfort in abdicating your existence. And this is why we fight. The siren song of technology pulls us ever closer to its oblivion, and the whole of darkness grows. These are the black mirrors, and this is the ultimate obsidian nature, the all-encompassing dark that forever holds the souls. This is Factions of Freedom, and I am your host, Noisera, Freedom Faction, or E.J. Clinton, whichever one you prefer, and this is the Season 9 premiere. Thank you for joining me. You know, I was trying to figure out how to intro the show, and I thought the best way to do so was to prepare an epic statement, an epic way to introduce what we're going to be discussing, to let people know right off the bat where we're going and where we are. The time that we have found ourselves is truly incalculable. It's, it, it, it's mind-blowing at certain times. You know, in this segment, we're going to be talking about the White House holding their social media summit, Google's head of responsible innovation, Jinjin Nye, uh, doing all their election meddling, mass medication, predictive programming, and so much more. You know, what is going on in the country? What is happening to us right now? As I'm recording this, the 4th of July, people are out there shooting off fireworks. Antifa's out there planning domestic terror attacks. We have a, 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 a border crisis. We're talking about nationalism versus globalism and regionalism now. So many different things are taking place that it makes my head spin. But before we get into the world and the content, let me talk to you guys about myself, I guess, a little bit. You know, I, I, I took a break from hardcore focusing and putting out the content in the podcast and, 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 and really upwards integrating all the things that we're doing. It may not seem like it because I did uh, mini casts, Instagram lives, and uh, other content that can be found in our exclusive members program that you guys should be uh, subscribing to here in the future because we're going to be now and into the future because we're going to be expanding it. But I took a break from 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 getting into this modality, getting into this mindset when focusing uh, on the primary flagship transmission uh, uh, thought pattern. I guess is, I guess is the best way to say it. And what I'm saying is 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 there are people, we, it, it truly is a t- an interesting time frame that we're in. You know, people are aware of things, but they're not necessarily sure how to vet and vent that information. Uh, just yesterday, you know, Instagram had a upwards of nine-hour outage. Uh, this I, I thought this was somewhat great because it allowed for me to focus on the episode, get all the, the episode content together, pull the show notes and stuff together, uh, and take a break. But then I began to think about how people, if they didn't have an effective means or an effective outlet to discharge the stress that they're accumulating from all of the tension that's out there, well, that's going to be a problem. And I'm sure we'll talk about this, the mental state, the psychology of our current situation, our current political, socio-political climate, and so much more. There truly are so many different things happening. And as I've been taking a break, people have been trying to come on to the show. Uh, people have been reaching out. People have been saying, hey, where are you? Like, did they get you? Like, we want to know where your podcast is. Uh, and this might be because they're catching up. They haven't seen what's happening with the seasons. Who knows, man? Uh, it truly is interesting to see your influence on the world, to see your influence on what's going on. Uh, you guys have heard me talk about this, that I don't necessarily see my own influence to see what's actually happening out there. But people need to know that they're looked after. People need to know that they're cared for. And I'm sure this will play into what we talk about here uh, in this, this season, I'm sure, as well as this episode uh, and more. Uh, but Joe Hagman of the Hagman and Hagman Report unfortunately passed away 
uh, essentially a week ago, and there have been uh, talks of, 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 of foul play at work, and so we are hoping and praying for the best for the Hagman family, the Hagman crew, and so that, that, that Joe receives the justice that, is, uh, that needs to be restituted to him and so much more. But we're going to be talking about the long-term effects of doing this type of work, I'm sure. Uh, really, the time frame that we are in, the wiles of the devil, the wickedness that is out there, and how you have got to really remain vigilant and stay vigilant. You know, I think the simplest way to kind of close off a lot of this stuff is, is, is to say retroactively, through my instincts, I've created all this stuff to, to, to prepare me for what is required in the future. Time, the time frame that we are in is extraordinarily crazy, and it's only going to intensify. I've said this. Uh, and the people that are required for the future, they've got to buckle up. They've got to strap themselves in. They've got to understand the time frames that we're in and get our heads on straight. Sober up, stay vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, roams about like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. And that's where, truly where we are these days. The time frame, and I, and I spoke about this before with you guys uh, over the past few weeks, we're in a time frame of action. And that requires a whole new version of ourselves. And we've really got to look into the mirror, not the black mirror, the possible green mirror. Maybe that's the book that we should be finishing working on. Who knows? the green mirror looking at yourself and realizing what's required of you to protect us for this oncoming future because I can assure you my friends it truly is a strange one it truly is uh, and I'll tell you what I missed hanging out with you guys I missed talking about this type of stuff I missed getting our heads where they need to be and not listening to all the programming uh, looking at this in a calm focused crazy manner and I was talking about this last night uh, these days you don't necessarily hear me yelling you hear me Speaking softly, they say, they say uh, walk softly, but carry a big stick. And these days, I definitely feel myself speaking more softly because there's no need for me to yell about what's going on. There's no need for me to be uh, uh, charismatic, eccentric, melodramatic, however you want to look at it. Those types of antics and theatrics are no longer necessary because the time and the writing is on the wall. And that tells us all that we need to know. And with that being said, let's start the show. So, it is currently <laughs> 4th of July. Who would have timed this? I, I, I definitely didn't. I, I think I timed it. Who knows? Uh, but I, I guess I really, truly did not mean to time coming back on the 4th of July. Wow, we have so much stuff happening in the country. It's kind of crazy. You know, like I said right now, Donald Trump uh, is having the... the Fourth of July parade at the White House, uh, and we'll get to that here shortly. And what's going on there? Uh, North Korea, Iran, Syria. These are the Afghanistan. These are the wars that we're still involved in. Uh, but you know, I'll, I'll get into the stuff as well. You know why we have this weird aversion towards patriotism these days? Uh, but it's the Fourth of July, and yet people, we have communists at the White House talking about burning it down and burning an American flag there. I'll play the video clip for you guys after this. Uh, it is truly crazy and interesting to see the schism that we are in. But let me get into this article. We put this up uh, June 26th. It's from the Judge Report feed. It says the White House is to hold a social media summit. And they said that they will perhaps sue uh, Facebook or Twitter because of the information that came out regarding Google's head of responsible innovation, Jin Janai. Uh, let me get into this article. It says that the White House will hold a social media summit on July 11th, aiming to have a, quote, robust conversation about online platforms at a time when they are under increasing 
attack in Washington. A uh, White House confirmation of the summit came after President Trump dialed up his criticism of big of tech companies on Wednesday morning. He said in an interview on, biz, on Fox Business Network that online giants such as Google and Facebook are, quote, trying to rig the election, while Twitter Inc. is making it harder for users to follow him. The administration moves, the administration moves, appears to suggest that the White House and its Republican allies will make alleged anti-conservative bias a major issue heading into the 2020 election, as they did in 2018. The online companies have denied accusations that they try to suppress conservative speech, but conservatives continue to raise concerns about the big platform's ability to influence how content is consumed on the Internet. Quote, they make it much harder for me to get the message out, Mr. Trump told Fox Business. Quote, these people are Democrats. It's, it's totally biased towards Democrats. Big tech companies also are undergoing or also undergrowing pressure uh, in Washington over concerns about their size and reach. The Justice Department and Federal Trade Commission recently took steps that set the stage for possible antitrust investigations of some major tech business companies, of some major tech businesses, including Alphabet Inc., uh, Google, and, Fed, and Fedbook. A White House spokesperson said on Wednesday that the July 11th event, quote, will bring together digital leaders for a robust conversation on the opportunities and challenges of today's online environment. Now, for me, I thought of things like the social credit score. I thought of Obey Big Brother. You hear people talking about all kinds of different things that can be done to monitor uh, information, to monitor communications and stuff like this. Now, we're, 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 we're gradually seeing the conversation talk about talked about with Google being Google, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all these different types of things becoming public utilities. Uh, now, what's going to happen with that is very interesting because you, you, you've already got uh, Apple moving to China. Uh, you see them creating the, the, the social credit score over there. Uh, you see Fedbook, WhatsApp, Twitter coming up with their hate agent formula and stuff like that as well. Uh, but essentially what we're talking about is the foundation of the technocracy, the minority report that these people are creating. Now, before I continue, let me play for you guys the quick clip, because this happened during the break time, of Project Veritas getting a Google Insider talking about how they have to re-bias the algorithms. Now, I remember talking with Christy Scarborough uh, at T. Matthew Phillips, her attorney, uh, where they were talking about just that, how with Section 230, you know, these people are violating, they're, they're violating certain laws and certain uh, acts. And the idea that we have, it, it, you know what, here, let me, let me, the idea is that you see these people becoming their own separate uh, branch of politics, their own separate branch of influence. Some might call them the fourth column, the fifth column. Who knows? Well, let me play for you guys this quick clip of Project Veritas getting an insider talking about rebiasing the algorithms. Um, the reason why I decided to come to Project Veritas is because um, people need to know what's actually going on with Google. There's this facade about what they're doing. But what they're actually doing, what the employees are actually seeing inside the company, is different. Well, but the reason we launched our AI principles is because people were not putting that line in the sun. They were not saying what is fair and what's equitable. So we were like, well, we are a big company. We're going to say it. People who voted for the current president do not agree with our definition of fairness. They're not objective piece. They're not an objective source of information. But then there are teams uh, which are called ML fairness. ML fairness, the teams? Fairness, like, yeah. you know, you need to be fair. We're also training our algorithms, like, if 2016 happened again, would we have, would the output be different? They are a highly biased political machine um, 
that is bent on never letting somebody like Donald Trump come to power again. 2020 is certainly on top of now my old organization, Trust and Safety, is top of mind. They've been working on it since 2016 to make sure we're ready for 2020. This is a Goliath I'm but of David trying to say that the emperor has no clothes. He got called in front of Congress multiple times. They can pressure us, but not changing. Being a small little ant, I can be crushed, and I'm aware of that. But this is something that is bigger than me. This is something that needs to be said to the American public. Elizabeth Warren is saying that we should break up Google. I'm like, I love her, but she's very misguided. Like, that will not make it better. It'll make it worse, because now all these smaller companies who don't have the same resources that we do will be charged with preventing the next Trump situation. It's like a small company cannot. And it's like... Earlier this year, a Facebook insider exposed de-boosting of conservatives on Facebook. That insider inspired someone at Pinterest to come to Project Veritas with his story. Last week, we released a report from the Pinterest insider Eric Cochran, detailing censorship of pro-life and Christian content. The tech companies can't fight us all. Today, we bring you a Google insider. A brave man who came forward and brought us a story that will scare you. I think sunlight is the best disinfectant and people need to start asking questions. A couple weeks before the Google Insider came forward, Project Veritas secretly recorded with Jen Janai, a Google executive. Janai talks about making sure when people search for things through machine learning algorithms, Google's political agenda is always present. We all got screwed over in 2016. Again, it wasn't just us. It was like people got screwed over. The news media got screwed over. Like everybody got screwed over. So now we're rapidly being like, what happened there? How do we prevent it from happening again? Right after Donald Trump won the election in 2016, the company did a complete 180 in uh, what they thought was important. Before they thought self-expression and giving everyone a voice was important, but uh, now they're like, hey, there's a lot of hate, and because of there's a lot of hate and misogyny and racism, that's the reason why Donald Trump got elected. And so we need to uh, fix that. And we need to start policing our users because we don't like to have an outcome uh, like that. We don't want to have an outcome like that to happen again. Yeah, let's, let's, let's talk a little about that. Um, so, um, tell me more about what you observed at these meetings right after Trump was elected. Who said it? What was said exactly? So the the things that changed was that the TJFs they started talking about the need to combat hate and racism online, and also um, at YouTube they had the same like talks by the CEO Susan, um, and they 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 talked about combating that and getting rid of unfairness. And so slowly they started introducing uh, the concept of uh, machine learning fairness. Jen Janai is the head of responsible innovation at Google Global Affairs. She determines policy and ethics for machine learning or artificial intelligence. What we've learned is that AI is increasingly what Google search is all about. The reason we launched our AI principles because people were not putting that line in the sun. They were not saying what is fair and what's equal. So we're like, well, we are a big company. We're going to say it. Where my definition of fairness and bias specifically talks about 
at historically marginalized communities, and that's who I care about. Communities who are communities who are in power and have traditionally been in power are not who I'm solving fairness for. Our definition of fairness is one of those things that we thought would be like obvious and everybody would agree to. And it was like there are the same people who voted for the current president do not agree with our definition of fairness. Fairness is a dog whistle. It does not mean what you think that it means, and you have to apply double think in order to understand what they're really saying. Think about this. What they're really saying about fairness is that they have to manipulate their search results so that it gives them their political agenda that they want. And so they have to rebias their algorithms so that they can, uh, they can get their agenda across. And I think that's a good place to pause it. I would definitely recommend you guys to go check out uh, the full 25-minute long interview because it's definitely powerful. It's definitely worth noting uh, and getting in record what's actually going on because the day after that actual report broke, uh, YouTube took down the video. YouTube uh, deleted some of their accounts. Uh, I mean, Google deleted that video, uh, deleted their, their accounts and all that different type of stuff. They tried to scrub it and say that it wasn't real even though you literally heard it right there. So that's how we're introing season nine with the head of Google talking about rebiasing algorithms and things such as machine learning fairness. Now, before I continue on talking about things uh, like like all the stuff that's going on there, um, I could talk about them removing, doc removing the traffic from Dr. Merkelow's website and so much more the health news them controlling things but let's let's break this down why is this such an issue whenever you have something like something as powerful as google dictating the outcomes of things they're saying what is fair like for me that is just crazy in the opening statement i told you about how elon musk said that we would be he fears for an immortal ai dictator from which we would never escape now what happens whenever google has their own political agenda where they where they implore they encourage groupthink to where they become the collective consciousness to where they install uh, the checks and balances with their AI principles. What does that sound like? Where they tell you that you're not able to look certain things up, where they memory hole things, where they bury it, where it's become uh, 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 chastised information, contraband. This is something that we started coming up against uh, uh, towards, the, towards the end of... Uh, Actually, during the break, because we talked about the hate agent stuff and how some information is considered illegal. But why is this dangerous? Having a highly biased, big tech, social media giant uh, controlling society. Because that's social, near, social engineering on its face. That's, that's, that's thought policing. That's thought control. That's information control. Manipulation of the masses. You see, it's because they can, dic they can begin to dictate outcomes predict them, air quotes, and then begin, begin to control the future. That's why this is dangerous. Uh, there have been polls in Europe to where they talk about how ineffective and useless politicians are. <laughs> you don't need a poll for that. But the response was, well, let's replace politicians with AI programs. Let's replace these people who say they represent these things with formulas and things that, 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 that can't be bought, that can't be corrupted. They carry out these values. You see, so we're, we're beginning to see the foundations of, this, of, of the technocracy take hold. And all it requires is your obedience. All it requires is that you abdicate who you are. Abdicate your individuality. Abdicate your rights. Abdicate your, your, your privacy and all these other things. You see, now, 
because we're going to we're going to switch over to uh, things like other parts of this, the Technocracies Foundation, and why they have to start focusing on things like peace, uh, integration, and things of this nature. Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp crashed a day before recording this yesterday, and so my thought process was: was it because they wanted to remove operatives? Are they trying to take down information? Uh, remember, we also heard that Google or that the U.S. Navy was trying to collect or collect all those different social media posts to get a good in, uh, understanding of collective expression, to get a good understanding of society. Uh, and also, we, we know that Facebook removed uh, all, all kinds of misinformation and troll accounts uh, just a few months ago as well. Uh, and so this is good, if you ask me, because it exposes all those pages, the bot, those followers that are useless, uh, but not myself. All organic, baby. You all love it, and that's why we do it. But what I'm trying to say is there's something going on in the technocratic infrastructure that is beginning to leak out here into, into the world, into the country, and we're beginning to have a greater debate about it. Uh, next week, I'm sure we'll report on what happens at the social media summit and what all that does. But let's switch gears. As I said before, Google is de-boosting, removing, or redirecting traffic from Dr. Merkula's website. This is something I didn't have the time to get up, uh, but it's something I, I came across earlier this week. Now, why is that important? Talking about the removal of information, Google controlling these types of things to where we don't really know what's going on in our own world. Uh, well, I'll tell you this. It's, it's through the research that I found online. Uh, and through other people that I've understood, things like fluoride, uh, atrazine, these chemtrails, aluminum, barium, strontium, and all these other things. Uh, it's only through hardcore research and information that I've been able to start thinking about solutions and cures to some of the problems that are out there. Now, if they remove that information from from uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google, you name it, then there's no way for people to understand these different type of potentialities unless they go out and go conduct these types of sciences and tests themselves. This is why we have to archive information. But what am I trying to say? By Google removing information about health, they become the arbiters of truth regarding health. This is why people such as uh, uh, Mike Adams of Health Ranger, the health, the health Ranger of Natural News, uh, is freaking out about this type of stuff because they're not giving people the ability to effectively uh, educate themselves. Like here, let's, let's, let's check this out. Now, I'm sure you could type it in right now information regarding flu shots and you would get all the information you needed uh, to know that it was true but if you didn't have great organizations like the free thought project carrying out their diligent relentless research they wouldn't be able to tell you these types of things such as the cdc admitting that the flu vaccine failed 91 percent of the time against the current flu strain but they'll tell you you know take your flu shot you're part of the problem don't ask why things are becoming more toxic you know just go with the club just go with the flow we need to start talking about solutions, and Google wants to provide the only solution. They're aware of these things, but they want to be the, the, the problem-reaction solution. But check this out. This is something I think we need to start pointing out as well, because we're beginning to see the effects of, of, of atrazine and other uh, gender-bending chemicals afflict society and, and roll out. That'll play a part into what we talk about in the third segment. But check this out right here. Mass medication. First fluoride, and now lithium, soon to be added to your drinking tap water. This is in Japan. Uh, this is by Eddie Levine of World Truth TV. We put this up July 2nd. It says, just in case the toxicity levels of fluoride were not sufficient in the water supply, Japanese researchers are now proposing that lithium could have, ha could have a protect protective effect in drinking water. Uh, 
So how did they come to this magnificent conclusion, you ask? First, the researchers examined levels of lithium in the drinking water and suicide rates in the prefecture of Oita, which has a population of more than one million. Then they found that the suicide rate was significantly lower in the areas with the highest levels of the element. They wrote in the British Journal of Psychiatry. Uh, you would think there would be some discussion as to how the lithium entered the water supply in the first place, but no. Uh, instead, the team from the universities of Oita, of Oita and Hiroshima found that the low levels appeared to have a positive impact on suicide rates. High doses of lithium are already used to treat some mood disorders. Levels ranged from 0.7 to 59 micrograms per liter. The researchers speculated that while these levels were low, they may be, may be a cumulative protective effect on the brain from years of drinking this tap water. Why don't we just put every drug in the water supply in diluted amounts? <laughs> that way everybody is protected from everything. The Japanese researchers called for further research in other countries. The discussion around adding fluoride to the water to protect dental health has, has, has proved controversial, criticized by some as a mass involuntary medication. And in an accompanying editorial, uh, Professor Alan Young of Vancouver's Institute for Mental Health said, quote, This intriguing data should provoke further research. Large-scale trials involving the addition of lithium to drinking water supplies may then be feasible, although this would undoubtedly be subject to considerable debate. Following up on these findings will not be straightforward or inexpensive, but the eventual benefit for community mental health may be considerable. Sophie Corlett, Mint External Relations Director at Mental Health Charity Mind, said the research, quote, certainly merits more investigation. So they're basically trying to say, hey, it might be a good idea to introduce lithium into the water supply. It could be a good thing. It could stabilize your mood. Lithium in the water supply. So everything I talk about there, as far as Google controlling society, right, <laughs> they now want to dumb you down so that you're more easily controlled, so that you don't fight back, so that you're not aware. They want you passive. Or passive. They want you docile. They don't want you actively engaged. They don't want you fired up. They don't want you to pay attention to what's going on. Now, we're talking about lithium being added to the water supply as a, for, as, as a form of mood stabilization. No, we're not talking about ELF towers or Gwyn towers or cell phone towers emitting a delta frequency wave that could put you into some kind of trance-like state. No, that's frequencies. That's sound. They want to affect your biology directly. They want to put lithium in you. You see how, again, we're just getting this whole list of things that come up against us that are designed to enslave us and designed to ensnare us to where we don't feel like we are capable to fight back. I thought that this was an interesting article, this next thing that I'm going to pull up for you guys, because it makes me think about all the stuff I've been saying in relation to... Uh, not necessarily veganism, but this extreme diet towards being plant-based and, 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 and so much more. Right here, pesticide exposure linked to teen depression and agricultural communities. Uh, this is over there from the, the Natural Blaze. We put this up July 2nd. And before I get into this, why is this coming up on the heels of, of, of lithium water, lithium in the water supply? Because, again, we're talking about the idea of pacifying the population of mass, as I said before, involuntary medication. We're talking mass everything now. Mass deportation, mass gun confiscation, mass immunizations, mass medications. That's why this stuff is so dangerous. But, again, Google doesn't want you to care. They just released their new streaming platform. But why is this important? 
because as I as I as I as I continue to tell you guys, this very true fact, doing this has 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 unlocked something inside of me. It's made me so much stronger. Why do why why don't they want you to know about your health? Why don't they want you to care about what's happening to you? What's entering your food and water supply? So that you become disoriented because you can forget so that they can play on your memory and your ignorance. You see, knowledge makes a man unfit to be a slave, so I guess that makes ignorant people the the perfect slaves. But why is depression up? Suicide is up. Obesity is up. Why are these these things afflicting us? We're talking about essentially the, 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 not necessarily the, 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 yeah, I suppose it's that, the gradual degradation of society. Your environment is a representation of yourself and if you're not taking the time to make your environment better you yourself will cultivate habits of detrimental behavior let me get into this article adolescents exposed to elevated levels of pesticides are at an increased risk of depression according to a new study led by jose r suarez lopez md phd assistant professor at the department of family medicine and public health at the university of california san diego school of medicine the study was published online ahead of print in June 2019 in the journal International Journal of Hygiene and Environmental Health. Suarez Lopez and colleagues have been tracking the development of the children living near agriculture in the Ecuadorian Andes since 2008. In this latest study, they examined 529 adolescents between the age of 11 and 17. Ecuador is the world's third largest exporter of roses, with much of the flower production located near homes of the participants. Like many other agricultural crops, flowers are routinely sprayed with organophosphate insecticides, which are known to have an effect, which are known to affect the human chlorogenic system, a key system in the function of the brain and the nervous system. To test exposure levels of children, the research team measured levels of the enzyme uh, ACHE in the blood. Pesticides such as such as organophosphates and carbamates exert their toxicity in inhibiting ACHE activity. Past studies have shown that the I can't even say this. The cholinterest inhibition is linked to behaviors of anxiety and depression in mice. And a few existing studies in humans have also suggested a link. However, however, pesticide exposure assessment in past studies had been exposed or had been only established by self-report of exposure and not using biological measures. The results confirm their hypothesis. Teens who had lower ACHE activity, suggesting greater exposure to chlorolestrine inhibitors, <laughs> showed more symptoms of depressions assessed using a standardized depression assessment tool. Notably, the association was stronger for girls, who comprised half of all participants, and for younger teens than 14 years. Quote, Agricultural workers and people in these communities have long offered anecdotal reports of a rise in adolescent depression and suicidal tendencies, said Suarez. Lopez. So essentially what we're talking about is how the chemicals, the very chemicals that are being sprayed on our crops are affecting the children. It's getting into the water supply. So we're talking about lithium, organophosphates. Uh, we're, 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 we're talking about fluoride in the water, atrazine, all, all of these things. They do accumulate. They bioaccumulate in the body. They change your, your chemistry. We've talked about pharmacia. We've talked about drugs. We've talked about uh, biology and all these different things that play a major factor in who you are, what you do, how you operate. And I have to preface all this because what we're going to be talking about in the third segment is things like the straight pride parade. We recently had a straight, we, we, we had Pride Month end and I had a very, 
very interesting conversation with a number of people uh, regarding the issue. Uh, and so I guess what I'm really trying to say is now we're getting into the days of trying to understand the mind and the psychology behind uh, people who are drugged, people who are uh, cra- not necessarily crazy, but who have these, these mental deficiencies, who have these, these, these psychological issues, uh, who are afflicted by these types of things, people who suffer from depression induced by, chemi- uh, in- induced by chemicals. Uh, people who don't go outside, who don't, who, who, who don't socialize, who don't take care of themselves, who don't want to interact with the real world, you see. This is where we're heading with all the stuff that's going on. Now, I wanted to end this segment talking about George Soros and uh, uh, Charles Koch te- teaming up to end America's forever wars. You know, they're talking about peacetime uh, and Trump becoming the first president to set, forth, to set foot on, on, on North Korean soil. But I think the better way to end this segment, talking about the technocratic foundations and what we see happening for the future, is just that we have to start seeing how everybody else is being affected by our by our by our impact, by our actions, and that's what's happening now. Uh, when hit, when we look back in history, things are going to look a lot crazier because of the shifting. So much shifting is taking place. So much change. Is happening that we're having to literally redirect this entire ship that we're all on, and, and and get a whole new outcome. Now, how does that tie into environmental issues, mental issues, peace talks, war, and so much more? I think the world is getting tired of America doing what America does. <laughs> I say this, I say this on the Fourth of July because you know we love to drop freedom bombs. We love to de- to deliver democracy. Uh, but because oil is ending, because the the hold that it has had on on uh, society and the greater global economic uh, community is dwindling, you see them gradually moving towards uh, renewable energy, sustainable technology, and this is this is the plan. So whether or not people don't like what I'm saying, I'm sorry to tell you the same way we predicted all this. That's the plan. It's Agenda 21. It's Agenda 2030. It's Agenda 2050, uh, and we don't know where we go after that. You know, it's Rex 84, it's Codex Alimentarius, it's all these things uh, joined. It's the North American Union, it's the New World Order. But what has to happen is they have to stop this endless war nonsense, the fight for wars, the fight for control, to where we start to, again, start talking about peace, security, uh, a better future for everybody. You already, again, see them talking about the one world religion, known as climate change, climate extremism, global warming the climate emergency, however you see it. So they need a one-world government to begin policing individual countries that can do that. And you can't have America over here doing what we're doing. This is, again, why you see them trying so hard to depreciate us, so hard to condemn the American way to a, to condemn America. Like here, I, I think the best way to start ending out this segment is this. Why have we lost our patriotism? And I'll put this question of the day uh, in, our, in, our, in our link below so you guys can go read some of these responses yourself. But I ask, why have we lost our patriotism? Why have we? And let's read a few responses. Larry Fresh says, because more and more of our rights and freedoms are being taken away, and subconsciously, subconsciously, we know. We, we know. Uh, right here. Hindo Greg 82 says, because we realize that the system has stripped us of our rights and freedoms and that freedom is just an illusion, the Constitution has been shit on, and we begin, and we, and, and we are being run by greedy criminals. I love my country and my people, but I hate 
our government. I'm going to go ahead and like that because I believe that you can love your country but hate your government. I talk about that all the time. And that's where we're at these days. It's upon us to begin fighting back and taking back what's ours and not remaining a slave to all the things that are going on out there. This is why we have to fight and this is why we're here. To expose these types of injustice and to reclaim everything that has been taken from us. However, what's going to happen, gang, is we're going to take a break and when we come back, we're going to be talking about taking that back. What does that look like? The revolution that we are in. We're in a soft civil war right now. I think everybody can see that. We are in a soft civil war right now and things are only going to intensify. And so I'm asking myself, where do we go from here? What does that look like? Uh, the, the, the time frame that we're in, it, it truly is one of history. But like I said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, uh, we're going to be talking about Antifa. We're going to be talking about ASAP Rocky uh, fighting. Muslims out there in the UK, as well as the situation down there at the border with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. So ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We will be right back right after this. I'm 
Salutations, my friends. I'm here to talk to you about, that's right, CBD oil. CBD oil can reduce the risk of relapse among alcohol and cocaine addicts, and you know they're trying to flood us with both. According to a 2013 study published in the British Journal of Clinical Pharmacology, CBD was proven to have these benefits, relieving pain and inflammation, having antipsychotic effects, reducing anxiety, helping to fight cancer, relieving nausea, treating seizures, lowering incidences of diabetes, and also promoting cardiovascular health. Realize that in 2014, Purdue Pharma received FDA approval for an opioid drug that claimed to help curb the opioid addiction. This will actually help you curb your usage of opioids as well as your reliance upon them. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Exposing lies and share truth. This is Noisera, Freedom Faction, out. Welcome back, and thank you for tuning in to the season premiere of season of show number 901, season 9, episode 1. Wow, gang, we have really come a far way. I wanted to make sure that I kicked off the start of the actual transmission right with you guys, with that opening statement, with the content that we delivered, or the content that we covered, and really looking at things. Uh, you know, I really do find myself maybe becoming more introspective, uh, looking at the long-term effects of all this stuff, the end goal, why I got involved in the first place, where I see this all going, and what this spells for the future. Like, we truly are in a quickening right now. History is being written right now. You know, and I've, I, maybe it's because I'm getting older. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this. You know, there's just so many, there's been so many influential moments when I've looked at this and I've just said, wow, we are really about to change. And I'm going to have to change myself in order to respond to this. I can't engage in the decadence and the debauchery that's going on out there. Yeah, I hate to sound like a crazy Christian, but the word repent, I didn't think it, <laughs> I really didn't think it had a validity until I started getting older. And, you know, we really have to start repenting from our ways because I tell you, the writing is on the wall. And they say pride pride comes before the fall, and nobody really cares. Uh, and so this is a very very dangerous time frame that we're in. Uh, and so it, it's just it's crazy to see this all unfold. Prophetic is one way to say it. We're going to be talking about the clashes of cultural control. ASAP Rocky in the UK getting in you know spats with Muslims because there's a cultural difference right there. Uh, thousands signing a White House petition to label Antifa as domestic terrorists, ICE beginning their immigration raids, AOC, as well as a college student that has been kidnapped and jailed after reading a poem critical of the U.S. immigration system. Now, this is crazy. And I said this in our previous minicast, uh, as well as when our, in, in our exclusive member show, that with the Oregon governor sending police after other uh, senators and uh, representatives to come vote on the climate change agreement and uh, and, and Donald Trump deploying ICE uh, to to begin carrying out these deportations and then the police response that will happen because there will be some kind of conflict. The only people that, that, that win out of all of this is the police state. I want to make that very, very clear. The chaos that we are seeing right now is literally paving the way for martial law, for civil unrest, and for destabilization. You, this is why I'm really trying to say, look at the purposeful radicalization that is taking place. Now, 
Let's. <laughs> I, I'm laughing because you know I, I'm really excited to show you guys this clip of ASAP Rocky and some some brothers <laughs> out there just like fighting people because this is this is what happens when you have Americans in other countries and I have the. <laughs> This is what happens when you got niggas in other countries. Let's take a listen. And they're outside of a coffee shop. Uh, the video that w that it should have shown was uh, these guys following them outside of their show saying, Hey, you owe us new headphones. This is after they smashed ASAP Rocky's bodyguard with the headphones and, and beat him over the face. They still didn't get after them. And that's where ASAP Rock just grab that dude, boost, throw him, throw him, and then classic New York stomp and just stop stomping this dude in the face, you know, curb chomp, curb check him, just, you know, bap, 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 bow, beat him in the face. Now, why am I excited about that? <laughs> Not because I'm a fan of violence. Hey, I'm so cut ASAP Rocky, ASAP fucking Rocky, and that, oh, I'm Straight up, yeah, that's ASAP. ASAP rocked him. American rapper ASAP Rocky was arrested in Stockholm this week, suspected of aggravated assault after a street ball, part of which was caught on video, Swedish prosecutor said on Wednesday. The incident took place Sunday and was partly captured in a video published by celebrity news outlet TMZ. In the video, the artist, uh, whose real name is Rakim Mayers, can be seen throwing a young man into the street, then aiming several punches at him while the man is on the ground. Sweden's prosecution authorities said that the artist had been arrested following the incident on suspicion of aggregated, aggravated assault together with three other people. Of the three others, two were suspected of aggravated, of aggravated assault and one of assault. On Tuesday, the rapper reposted his own video on Instagram, which he showed led up to the actual clash. In the videos, the musician repeatedly asks the young man and his friends to walk the other way. Now, uh, let, me, let me say something about this. Because this is this is this is gang stalking. This is how uh, this is how people get attacked in those no go zones. Like this is what they're used to. And so I guess my my way of saying it is that Saudi Arabian Muslims don't really see like black Muslims as like real Muslims. They see us as like house slaves. They don't see us as the as the, as the real Muslims. And so that's a whole another another discussion that we'll have, I'm sure, throughout the entirety of this season because it's becoming apparent. Uh, but why, why, why am I wanting to analyze this? Okay. Like, street people do not care about this, poli this, this political nonsense. It's the easy way to say it. Like, if you're from the street, you're really not about, like, this nonsense. You're not about, like, political correctness. You're not about, like, oh, I got to bend over backwards for these people so that they can, you know, make me feel bad, guilt trip me, and just, you know, and, and mess with my mind. People don't see how we're, like, we're being infiltrated. This is why I can't talk about uh, the, the, the human trafficking that is going on in our country. I can't talk about the domestic terrorism because it's a, a protected class. ASAP Rocky don't give a crap about that, bro. Like, he don't, he don't, he's, he's not about that, okay? You're about that life. Like, oh, let's talk about it. Let's politic. He's not about that. After several warnings of letting this dude know, back off or we're going to jaw you, dude had it coming to him. And so this is what I appreciate. This is, that, this is where America needs to get to, believe it or not. We're over here literally politicking with people who are trying to infiltrate us and, and, and destroy us from within. And then we wonder why we have the, why we have the current climate that we have. I'm going to refer back to this, I'm sure, throughout the entirety of the season because it is a, it's a big thing. 
you have oppression versus this peaceful warrior mentality. Like, yo, ASAP's out there grinding, hustling, doing his thing. These dudes are coming at him having their own issue, and then they begin to project that issue, saying that they are the ones that are oppressed. This is the psychological warfare that's out there. But homie don't play that, and then puts him in his place. And that's why you have to look at that. Don't play the, don't, don't entertain the circus. You become the clown. You see, it's a very, very interesting uh, 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 situation. And that's why I'm glad this started <laughs> right around this time frame. Because what better way to represent America other than to have some dudes in foreign countries get their faces stomped in for trying to play something that they don't know? You don't know? <laughs> I just got to switch up uh, talking about this topic because it does get me excited. Uh, this this tells me again just that people don't play that, and it's good to see it's it's good to see people fighting back. Now, speaking of people who are fighting back. Before I play for you guys this clip, I'm going to play for you another clip of communists talking about how they're going to burn the American flag on Independence Day ahead of Trump's celebration. America was never great. America was never great. America was never great. One, two, three, four. Slavery, genocide, and war. Five, six, seven, eight. America was never great. Check it out. We are the Revolution Club and the National Revolution Tour. We have called for people around the country on July 4th to imagine a world without America, without everything America stands for. And as part of doing that, we are here in D.C. and we're going to be at San Ysidro at the border, U.S.-Mexican border, people from the Revolution Clubs. And on July 4th, that red, white, and blue rag is gonna burn. I bring to you Joey Johnson, notorious flag burner. I was never great. Uh, notorious flag burner. Boosh. So that's very interesting. So they're also going to be down there at the border. That is very, very interesting because that plays into what we'll be talking about uh, in this upcoming segment. But think about in this segment. But think about this, guys. You literally have people going out there to the White House saying they're going to burn this flag down. And I was talking about this uh, when I was at the gym prior to coming on to the show, that this, 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 this mentality you know, I find is very interesting. You know, uh, I, part of me aligns with the whole radicalization, F the system, change it, burn it down type of mentality. But I also see how it's, it's, it's been controlled, it's being manipulated and intentionally uh, misdirected. Like people are being used. And I think the best way to say that or to confirm that is to go right over here to the next topic about how thousands are beginning to sign a White House petition to label Antifa as a domestic terrorist group. This comes after uh, reporter, journalist uh, and reporter Andy No was attacked this past weekend by Antifa and, a new, and, and another old elderly man literally had his head bashed open, like had his brain split open by like a crowbar. And so the petition is being put out there where people are signing it. They're saying you need to label these people domestic terrorists because they've been, they've been let loose, okay? They've been let loose. The black bloc uh, protesters, they're out there in France. You have uh, aspects of, they're in New York as well. 
uh, you have Antifa, you have all these different sects, as they said, the revolutionary clubs, these different organizations fighting different titles. They, they've been let loose and they've been uh, essentially greenlit and authorized to carry out all these different type of violent attacks. And so finally, people are like, hey, we need to come up with a, with, with, with a list to identify these people as domestic terrorists. Now, I think because I have this, 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 this weird schism re- relating to this, I, I think of it as criminalizing protesting, but that's not what these people are doing. I will admit what they're doing is, is turning a, a, a peaceful protest into something that is a, that, that, that is a riot. Uh, so I guess to just cut this out to say this, we've really got to look at how many different ways we've been infiltrated and how on this 4th of July, we literally have people saying no borders, no walls, no, US all, no, no USA at all. America was never great. A world without America. Let's burn it down. Let's take it down. Yeah, thousands of people have signed a White House petition urging President Trump to label Antifa as a domestic terrorist group. Following the brutal assault by Antifa on journalist Andy Noe this weekend, the Trump administration is beginning or is being urged to take direct action against the far light uh, or the far left uh, organization. Masked individuals attacked No at a rally in Oregon on Saturday, repeatedly punching him, which led to his hospitalization due, due to suspected brain bleeds. As a result of the attack, Senator Ted Cruz has called on Portland police to prosecute, quote, the violent felons behind the attack and investigate Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler for allowing it to happen. The petition, which amassed 6,000 signatures within a few hours of being launched, needs to collect 100,000 signatures in total to get an official response from the White House. The petition states... Demand President Trump label Antifa a domestic terrorist organization. As President Trump's first term comes to a close, Antifa organizations are all around the nation have gotten even more violent and depraved. They have burnt down universities, attacked the elderly, and even threatened acid attacks. Yeah, and I'll cover that here shortly. Antifa continues to target their fellow citizens with acts of violence and intimidation in order to reach a desired political outcome. Recently, members of an Antifa, of Antifa brutally assaulted an independent journalist who remains hospitalized with a brain bleed after being viciously beaten and doused in liquid concrete. Liquid concrete. Liquid concrete. Demand the White House and President Trump take direct action in labeling Antifa as a domestic terrorist group. Full stop. Our nation's security and homeland are at risk until we are able to clearly define Antifa as domestic terrorists. And so I guess I wonder about what happens after Antifa. What happens, and I said this too, because we have to keep Antifa on social media and stuff like this as well. You've got to know what your opposition is doing. You've got to know what people who are coming to kill you, coming to incite violence, you've got to know what they're doing. You've got to have surveillance on them. We kick them off. They start doing this. They go dark. They go black. We don't understand where they're operating, it it, it truly is interesting. That's what I mean before when I talk about at the start of the show, us being in the the soft core version of a civil war. Let me play for you guys this next video clip of them throwing muriatic acid, that quick drying concrete that can sometimes burn your skin. 
uh, at people and at the same time bashing this guy's head in with a crowbar. Podcast listeners are like, you guys can't see this, but they straight up, like, you just see that guy, like, stop cold. Uh, they're, th- they're throwing, they're throwing ice, they're throwing milkshakes, and this is how they're, that's what they're calling it. You know, and I, could, I should have pulled up the video for the article for you guys uh, where we covered it, but they have an organized agenda. Like, the guy that they bashed in the face, you know, he was being, he, like, it's just, it's crazy. It's literally crazy. Like it's 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 violence. It's a protest. It's a mob. Like what do you think, bro? These people are all fired up, trying to fight and beat people. Like what do you think is going to happen? They're spraying mace, beating people with 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 crowbars. They're throwing quick concrete uh, balloons filled with urine and feces. Like they're they're they they know what they're doing, and they're spreading. There's a there's an indivisible group out here that's involved in so much stuff as well. I'm only waiting for all these different types of people to go hot, to go live, to get activated as they already are. Why is this an issue? You said Antifa, Antifa is planning acid attacks July 6th. You've got ICE saying that they're going to create or that they're going to do these immigration raids on Independence Day today, and maybe through, over the couple days as well. I'm really trying to tell you how they are setting us up for some kind of armed conflict down there at the border. Okay, uh, we talked about this towards the end of 2000, towards the end of season eight. We found out that Antifa was working with the Mexican drug cartel to get firearms to have a armed rebellion at the border. You have people today, and I've been saying this up until we've got to this point. People today saying that we need to liberate the people out of the camps. We need to release the people from the camp. It is now called hashtag Close the Camp Movement. So what happens whenever you have a radical? extremists not even and I'll, and I'll, if, if we can I try to talk about accelerationists and people like that as well but what happens when you have hardcore extremists uh, who are saying close the camps no 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 borders no walls no USA at all America was never great a world without America let's burn it down hashtag native land explain to me how the uh, where you see this going that's why this segment is titled Clashes of Cultural Control. Now, I'm all for the free expression of an individual, but what's happening now is Antifa are becoming the fascists. They're becoming, cra- as, as, they are, as they always have been, but that's, again, more of that, that, that psychology that we mentioned earlier beforehand, too, uh, with ASAP Rocky and the, and the Muslims out there uh, in, the, in, in the UK. It's that psychology of, in, in, of projecting victimism or victimology onto you and it's just it, it it blows my mind here let me get into this article where it talks about ice conducting these raids on on, on, on independence day uh because then again this is very important and we need to get this on record uh right here boom this is from news punch uh, and this video is just one of those audio ones but i'll i'll read the captions uh it says that uh We've got we've got audio. I'm after Independence Day. We'll, we'll we'll get this up for you guys then. My apologies. President Donald Trump said a series of immigration and customs enforcement raids will start sometime after Independence Day. Quote: Unless we do something pretty miraculous. The raids were supposed to take place in 10 U.S. cities on June 23rd, but the president postponed them for two weeks. 
He said the delay came at the request of Democrats and Congress would have two weeks to find a solution to the, quote, asylum and loophole problems at the southern border. Congress is now in recess until July 8th, so no movement is being made toward that solution and President Trump isn't budging on the two-week deadline. He said at a news conference on Saturday that asylum laws should be easy to reform and that it could get done in an hour. ICE is reportedly planning on detaining families who have already gone through legal proceedings and received court-ordered removal requests. That number is expected to be around 2,000 people. Crazy. Crazy. I asked the question, do you guys support this form of mass deportation? Is this the type of immigration reform that we need? Like We, we, we do need a reform of the immigration process because this is crazy. Uh, but uh, continuing on in this article by Sean at the lobby of News Punch, it says President Trump has revealed that the ICE raids and deportations of illegal immigrants will begin on Independence Day this 4th of July. And as the video said, a few days after uh, as well. And that's important to talk about because we're, we're having it, it's crazy to see this kind of fight for the soul of a country. It truly is. Uh, and uh, that ICE raids are beginning today. Trump says that unless, quote, something pretty pretty miraculous happens within the next few days in Congress, he his postponed immigration raids across 10 cities will begin. On June 22nd, Trump postponed the raids for two weeks at the request of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and other Democrats. And I, I just want to say real quick, and I'll go over, you know, where these raids are going to take place. The same way we've already seen gun confiscations happen in California, you're going to see that some of these deportations happen. And I think that's why I really worry is because you're see I, I just get this crazy image of families being ripped apart of like a, a, a movie scene where, you know, the mother and the and the daughter are standing in the doorway as the father's being ripped out of the house. Uh, there's there's cherries and berries, red and blue lights going on in, 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 the, in the background. It's dark. These people are just being taken and the mother and the daughter can't do anything uh, other than. Be, be, be told to stop by DHS, uh, ICE, and, and, and Border Patrol, and so much more. And that's what's crazy, is, 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 is the separation of families. And I think that that aspect of family separation, of humanization, has to be talked about because it, 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 it's scary. And it's saddening to think about. But if they're willing to do this, and I think I have to set this precedent on this episode, if they're willing to do this to air quotes, immigrants, illegal aliens, second-class citizens, people who, 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 who will not be perceived as humans, how far off do you think they are from actually doing it to gun owners, to patriots, to law-abiding citizens? That's why talking about Facebook's hate speech formula, their hate agents, social credit score system, and all this is very important because we see this gradual, uh, uh, this gradual consolidation of power taking place and the far-reaching, the, the far-reaching implications of such things. It's crazy to me. Uh, but let me get back into this. It says that uh, after Nancy Pelosi made that request, uh, quote, unless we do something pretty miraculous, but the Democrats, it seems to me, they want to have open borders. Trump said at a news conference on Saturday at the G20 summit in Osaka, Japan, quote, and for the life of me, I cannot figure that out. It's one thing because I want people to come to our country. We need them because we have all these companies coming in. Quote, the only problem is that they, they have to come in through, the, through a process. They have to come in legally. It's also very unfair. You have millions of people online for years trying to get into a country, but yeah, we will be removing large numbers of people. People have to understand. Trump continued. 
Breitbart.com reports before they were postponed, the raids appeared to target Atlanta, Baltimore, Chicago, Denver, Houston, Los Angeles, Miami, New Orleans, New York, and San Francisco, based on cases filed in 10 immigration court locations. The House passed a $4.6 billion emergency border funding bill Thursday that had previously passed the Senate. Pelosi said that, quote, reluctantly moved the Senate bill forward after threatening to alter the legislation. The bill is now waiting for Trump's signature. So, yes, and maybe that's it. Maybe that's how, the, how all this works, this, this look at the left hand, don't worry about the right hand, as I sit up over here and smack you. Maybe that's why Trump is carrying out uh, his parade, his military parade, where he is, has all these, 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 these tanks going around. Maybe that's why he's doing it, is so that people won't talk about what's happening with the raids. Maybe that's why he's doing it, so he can cover the headlines, have patriotism, love your country, don't worry about what's happening to your country. You see, really, really interesting days we find ourselves in. And so while we're talking about the border situation, what's, what's happening to our country, whether or not we even are America, whether or not we even are a country, let's talk about <laughs> Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and what's going on down at the border. Now, she has been making waves this week talking about the comment of uh, a migrants drinking from toilets. So let's let's hear it from her. Say it again in English, please. There's abuse in these facilities. There's abuse. This is them on their best behavior, and they put them in a room with no running water, and these women were being told by CBP officers to drink out of the toilet. They were drinking water out of the toilet. And that was them knowing what a congressional visit was coming. That was, this is CBP on their best behavior, telling people to drink out of the toilet. Did you see somebody actually do that? So, basically she got called out for making that comment. A full-blown liar. And, and, and so, this is the crazy part of how, how all this stuff works. It's like an individual unit, like where the toilet is sitting there, but like the sinks on top and it's crazy, but it's because of how she's wording things that the, the, the news is doing all this. But yes, no, for sure. This is dehumanizing because of the fact that these, these, these immigration detention centers are dealing with upwards of over 600% of the regular flow of people. So imagine something where you've got, you know, you're used to having a, a one room apartment for one person, imagine six people moving into that one room apartment. Yeah, you're going to have some 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 problems, some quality conditions depreciate. That's what's happening right now. And upwards of over 600% of increase of people who are at the border in these facilities, it's not going to be the best thing. And so, yeah, I, I would definitely say we need to look at all this. Where are these people coming from? Why are they coming here? Why is there such a surge these days? And what's going on? Uh, it, and it, 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 it's crazy. Uh, but right here, Ocasio-Cortez live tweets horrifying and dehumanizing treatment of migrants as she tours the U.S. detention facilities. Let me see if I can get some of those those, those tweets up for you guys, uh, because she's basically just been called out to be like a known liar regarding this. Like, it's a serious deal. She's, she's, she's causing issues with this. Uh, just left the first CBP facility. I see why CBP officers were being so physically and sexually threatening towards me. Officers were keeping women in cells with no water and had them and had told them to drink out of the toilets. This was them on their good behavior in front of members of Congress. 
There are two. There are twenty thousand total board, customs and border patrol agents in the U.S. Nine thousand five hundred, almost half that number, are in a racist and sexually violent secret CBP Facebook group. They're threatening violence of members on members of Congress. How do you think they're treating caged families, children, and families? And she does have a legit point because uh, the Minds Unleashed repub- reported an article from ProPublica July first, uh, titled "Inside the Secret." Border Patrol Facebook group where agents joke about migrants' deaths, and it's a very real thing. Uh, they have a picture right here of the two in- immigrants that died in the river, and the comment right here says, "Okay, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and ask. Have y'all ever seen floaters this clean? I'm not trying to be an ass, but I'm asking if you've. Ne- I've never seen floaters like this. Like, could this be an- another edited photo? Photo. We've seen the Democrats and liberal parties do some pretty sick things." So what they're saying is that these bodies that were found in the ocean, in the river, in the Rio Grande, that they're too clean. And so that's how dehumanized they are to seeing this, to seeing life, to, to, to dealing with people coming from foreign countries, not just South America, but from the Middle East as well. And just think about that. 9,500 CBP officers sharing memes about dead migrants and discussing violence and sexual misconduct towards members of Congress. How on earth can CBP's culture be trusted to care for refugees humanely? P.S. I have no plans to change my my itinerary and will visit the CBP station today. And now that, and she's going on to say, now I've seen the inside of these facilities. It's not just the kids, it's everyone. People drinking out of toilets, officers laughing in front of members of Congress. I brought it up to their superiors, and they said officers are under stress and knocked out sometimes. No accountability. She says, after I forced myself into assault with women and began speaking to them, one of them described their treatment at the hands of officers as, quote, psychological warfare, waking them up at odd reasons, uh, odd hours for no reasons, calling them whores, etc. Tell me about what, tell me what about this is due to a lack of funding, because you don't have proper personnel. So I would definitely tell you guys to go check it out. Uh, and, and, and again, she's making these kind of crazy sto- these, these statements, but you're going to have media downplay it because they can understand that this is a very, very serious epidemic down there and we don't have the proper skills or the, or the, or the resources necessary to handle it. So for one more time, for posterity's sake, after getting all that stuff out there, let's listen to what Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has to say. Say it again in English, please. There's abuse them on their best behavior and they put them in a room with no running water and these women were being told by CBP officers to drink out of the toilet. They were drinking water out of the toilet and that was them knowing what a congressional visit was coming. That was this is CBP on their best behavior telling people to drink out of the toilet. Did you see somebody actually do that? Yeah, like, did you actually see that? Or is is, is that hearsay? So uh, the, the, the political theater that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez engages in is something else entirely. Uh, but I will say that we do need to raise awareness about the immigration issue and the, and the conditions that the migrants are in. These are still people at the end of the day, and we cannot treat them like animals. If we do, we lose the moral high ground. That I, and I keep saying this, how far off are we from extermination? I can't tell you how many people, and you can probably see some of the comments sometimes, who say, shoot the migrants down at the border. And I'm just like, this is crazy to me. This, it, it, Not only will you give them the very visa that you're trying to take away from them, look at something called victim visa, like we'll 
if we start shooting at them and they become victims, they, they get their citizenship. So it, you're, you're, you're again playing right into it. It's just crazy to see all this type of stuff uh, unfold. So yes, no, we do need to bring attention to what's going on down there at the borders. The conditions are horrible. But again, look at the socioeconomic and the sociopolitical implications of having thousands on thousands of people come into the country. This next video I'm going to play for you guys is of a college student who was kidnapped and jailed after reading a poem critical of the U.S. immigration policy. So I guess what, again, I'm trying to say is look at how increasingly powerful the police state is coming, is becoming. Underneath Obama, they had the hypermilitarization of police. Look at what happened in Flint, or I mean, uh, uh, um, oh gosh, Where it, it, not, not Flint. Uh, it's, it, uh, it escapes me at the moment. Gosh, that's like how I got started. Uh, but riots, um, they're right. It was in Michigan too. It's escaping me. But giving police MRAPs, giving them assault rifles, giving them uh, uh, we military weapons, military grade and style weapons to police uh, the ci to, to police civilians. That's where we're at right now. But look at how the treatment of migrants is how eventually they're, they're going to treat civilians. We freaked out about how police was treating, were, was treating civilians uh, underneath Obama's uh, presidency, but now, with, with, with Trump, we're looking at how they're treating the immigrants and the illegals. And this is crazy, because you can't even be critical of it. If that's not the definition of authoritarian, I don't know what it is. But here, let me play for you guys this quick clip. Custody of immigration agents for the second time. And tonight, the family of Jose Bayo joined with local advocacy groups to rally for his release. 23 ABC's Emma Lockhart joins us tonight live from Central Bakersfield, where Bayo is reportedly being held with more. Emma? Tim Jess, I'm here at the Mesa Verde Detention Center in downtown Bakersfield. This is where Jose Bayo is reportedly being held. Now, just moments ago, I spoke to one of Jose's friends who went inside and spoke to him. She said he's in good spirits. And as you can see behind me, there is a group of people, some advocacy groups who are rallying behind Jose Bayo, and they are showing their support. Some signs read free Jose Bayo. But as of now, there are still little answers for family and friends. We want to feel safe whether we're brown, Asian, or black. We don't want your jobs. We don't want your money. We're here to work hard, pay taxes, and study. That was Bakersfield College student Jose Bayo speaking out at the Truth Act Forum Monday night. Our intentions are to continue making America great. It's time to begin standing up for what's right. Two days later, Bayo was picked up by Immigration and Custom Enforcement for the second time. That's according to family friend and Bakersfield College professor Octavio Barajas. Uh, they went to his home directly to detain him specifically. And so, and they're waiting for him to come out his home. He did. And when they intervened while he was on his way to get into his car. The Mesa Verde detention facility confirming they have a Jose Bayo Reyes in custody, but could not provide details. We reached out to ICE as well, and they could not provide details on Bayo's arrest. 23 ABC News first brought you the story of Bayo back in May of last year, when he was detained by ICE for entering the country without inspection and having known gang ties. But Bayo's attorney at the time, Wynne Eaton, said ICE had the wrong person, invoking an outpouring of support from the community and local advocacy groups. He's undocumented as well, so this was uh, grounds for uh, ICE to actually detain him, um, thinking that this is the same Jose Bayo that they wanted to apprehend. 
Um, so all of this has surfaced as, as a result of mistaken identity. Despite ICE maintaining they had the right person, Bayo bailed out in August. Once again, a year later, Barajas, along with local advocacy groups, are rallying behind Bayo. Definitely hope that there's more empathy publicly for people who find themselves in this position and remove themselves from the political nature of this issue and really see the human cause behind this issue. Now, we reached out to the Department of Homeland Security for comment, but they said they could not respond at this time because of privacy reasons. Reporting live in Central Bakersfield, Emma Lockhart, 23 ABC, connecting you. <laughs> right on. Thank you, Emma. That's crazy to think about. They just literally kidnapped that guy, locked him up, threw him in jail. Said, don't you start talking about the immigration policy. I'll take you. I'll tell you I'll lock you up so fast. But that's crazy to me. That's authoritarian. That's not a secret police. That's a public police saying you will not criticize this type of stuff. Uh, Got to give the guy credit. You know he's on, he's undocumented, but he's out here doing this type of stuff. And I'm sure if you you know you did enough research into enough people, you'd see how many people are connected to either gangs or political radical extremist groups. But that's where we're at these days. Uh, but what does that mean? Whenever you literally can't even come up with a poem to try to raise awareness about the, the, the issues without being detained, that to me is scary. Uh, we're again talking about kidnapping, medical kidnapping, and all this different type of stuff to where the government has so much power that they'll stop you in your tracks. That they'll stop you in your tracks. And so the next phase of this, the next phase of this type of activism, right, of this type of uh, stuff that people are going to be engaged in, is what I talked about before at the start of the show. Uh, armed activists and extremists liberating these camps. Let's take a look at some of these photos real quick of some of these detention centers, these fusion centers, these FEMA camps. Uh, you know, my whole thing I told you uh, is I wanted to connect it to Jade Helm 15 and UX 16, uh, as well as the NDAA and indefinite detention and how the FEMA camps that were built back in the day, how they were designed for us as well as them, but they're trial running it on the migrants and then they'll get all the money they need to update these, these, these facilities. Remember, too, that at the start of the, the presidency, uh, Melania Trump went and toured one of the facilities in, 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 in something where she was just trying to downplay their situation down there. But I, I digress uh, right here. Quote, it's time to fight back. Hundreds of hashtag close the camp rallies are planned across the country amid reports of abuse in detention centers. And so you have essentially shanty towns here. And this is what I've, I've, I've told you guys. And this is, this is going to spread. As I said before, what happens when they close these camps and then all these people disperse? They already don't have certain areas to hold them. So you have people meandering out through the city, trying to find work, trying to integrate. What's going to happen? Like, look, like For radio listeners, you can't see this, and so I'll describe it for you. But you have this kind of mesh uh, tarp on top with other smaller sun-reflective tops or tarps covering that and i can't even tell you how many people are in this picture probably uh, 50 to 100 and then over here you have like other people uh, it, it, it looks like it's just some kind of back lot or a field or something like this and they've just created a a, a community area to house these people you know again you have a little tree right here on the left hand side you've got uh, more of those reflective tarps uh, being covered by one of the bigger mesh tarps people looking up at, the, at, at what I'm assuming is some kind of helicopter. And right here, you've got some building uh, with, with windows open where I'm sure there's something being served outside of them 
water containers that actually have water, I'm sure Gatorade and other substances, uh, people who were walking around, both men, women, children, you name it. Uh, another facility that has like these, these military-style tents, organized people walking in lines down the street, across the street, and right here, moveon.org has a, 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 a link up to where you can join them, their protest, July 2nd, which has already passed, to close the camps. Right, so this is what I mean by, by people saying they're going to liberate these camps. They're going to close it. But I'm asking the question of where are these people going to go? You know, towards the end of season eight, we talked about how we were involved in some of the investigative reporting going on out here, how our city is involved in the, the resettlement and the transportation process of these people and where they're shipping them. But what happens whenever these people don't have places to go? I'm telling you, they're going to link up with the immig- with, with, with the homeless. They're going to link up through through these organizations. There are people who are already involved in this. It's so it's so organized that it, it, it really does blow my mind. And so to finish out this segment. Right to just wrap this up for you guys, uh, and this happened during the break to give you some some understanding. They want to close these camps and let all these people out. They say they want no more borders, no more walls, no more USA at all. Now you have people like Rosie O'Donnell appearing on uh, talk shows to talk about how there are over a hundred thousand concentration camps in America. Imagine closing a hundred thousand concentration camps. Rosie, you're going to be doing a vigil called Lights for Liberty, July 12th, demanding an end to the detention camp. Yeah, the concentration camps, even though there's a lot of controversy about the word, but actually legitimate scholars who have studied genocide say, yes, these are, in fact, the criteria for concentration camps. They meet them. There are over 100,000 camps in nearly every state. There's between 10 and 13,000 children. That's in Phil Radio City Musical twice. That's how many children unaccompanied alone in these camps. Rosie, you're going to be and doing a video go? called Lights for Liberty, July. And, and, and where are they going to go? I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Cher earlier this year that said, you know, California's really starting to look like a crab hole. Uh, what are we going to do? Like at, at the start of this, she was like, yeah, we should take in all the migrants. And then well, it was only recently that she began to backpedal on that statement. And now we can't backpedal them. They're, they're being shipped to sanctuary cities. They're being shipped to certain areas. They're being shipped because they're now here. Yeah, we've got to start thinking about what that society is going to look like, what the North American Union is going to look like. They're trying to tear down the borders. They're trying to tear down the walls. They're trying to tear down patriotism, anything that represents America because it is detrimental to them. You see. Uh, and I should have said this or mixed this somewhere in between uh, what we were talking about, but the Democrat debates happened as well during the break. And you have people like Juan Castro as well as uh, Beto O'Rourke and Cory Booker all speaking in Spanish because they're not trying to appeal to Americans. They're not trying to speak English to us. No. They're speaking to the next people that are coming through. And that's what we got to look at. So this is a very, very interesting time period we find ourselves in. Very, very interesting uh, uh, content material to be talking about this Independence Day. To talk about fighting for independence and freedom when we're literally seeing the, 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 the fangs of globalism, the tendrils of the New World Order, reach out and try to take over. So to close out this segment, I ask you, what should we do with all those children and all those people that will be busted out of these concentration camps? Where will they go and what will the country look like whenever that happens? But I'll tell you what, gang, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to be talking about corrupting innocence. How there's been a spike uh, in gender transitions 
treatment for people under 14. Uh, pedophilic grooming, Cory Booker as well, talking about transgender, the straight pride parade, and so much more. This is truly a crazy season premiere, but I guess I shouldn't be too surprised given what we cover. But like I said, ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We'll be talking about this and more on the other side. We'll be right back right after this.
Welcome back, and thank you for, student, for, for, for sticking around, for tuning in, for being a part of these, these, these times that we're living in, man. I, 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 really, I really lose my own mind trying to think, like, will we ever be able to appreciate the time frame that we're in? We're in the state of just, like, constant consumption of information that it really doesn't teach us uh, retention, reviewing, reflecting taking any any of the time to look at like what is it that we are encouraging like why are we doing all this like is this should we really be doing all this or is this can i go like a different place like to a different di- different area like this doesn't make sense to me i feel like i should be preoccupying my time with other things but i guess that's because i'm a crazy person <laughs> and with that being said thank you guys for tuning in uh to this edition we are talking about the corruption of innocence, man. You know, I'll get, I'll, I'll shoot you straight. <laughs> Pun intended for what we'll be talking about: gender transition, the straight pride parade, uh, sex education being taught to kindergartners, and so much more. You know, I'll, I'll shoot you straight. Getting older, I'm a guy, clearly. At maybe you know, biological determinism, however you want to call it, gender roles, whatever. Growing up with all this nonsense. Every cell in my body is telling me you need to protect the women and the children. You need to be a stronger man so that you can you, you can show other you can show your son, you can show children, the next generation what's required of them to keep this good thing going. Be a stronger man so that your so that your lady uh uh can be an even stronger female. And that is just like so sexy and empowering to me. But as I get older I see this not necessarily being encouraged. I, I, I see us engaging in decadent and debaucherous ways and then we wonder why we're so upset and sad everything i had talked about as far as the depression the mass medication lithium being added to the water supply stuff like that us losing our patriotism basically the chemical castration of society uh, both physical and mental emotional however you want to look at it it's very real we are literally being cucked and we are being turned into something that is not our own when I talk about transhumans being in the trans in the technocracy, I meant that in all of those ways. That it is something mental, spiritual, emotional, physical, and now digital. You see, because people align more so with their digital selves than they do with their spiritual selves, and these are all things that I'm. Sh- I hope we begin to cover into the future, uh, because it, it it shows the mentality of society and and, and where we're going. I had some very interesting conversations because. With, with with people surrounding the the straight pride parade because it, it 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 really has whipped people into a fervor it really has people are genuinely upset about uh people with straight pride wanting to have a parade wanting to put it on to display i had several conversations with people who told me that i was the most disgusting and bigoted person that they ever had the uh dishonor or the displeasure of meeting of coming across i was like wow that's great that's great uh, like I, you know, if I can, let me just read some of the some of the comments that were actually there, and the reason I say this because I'll cover this, you know, in the ne- at the at the end of this segment. Didn't want to start with it, is because this is it really is telling of the time frame that we're in. At the time of recording, this this post currently has five thousand seven hundred twenty-seven likes, and over 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 a thousand different comments, over one thousand close to two thousand different comments. And so the discussion, if you want a, if you want insight into the mindset of people, 
where things are at, I, I really would encourage you guys to go take a look at it. Uh, right here, the top comment has 845 likes. It's by Jade Marie. She says, this is stupid AF. Nobody has anything against straight people for being straight. Pride parades are held to spread awareness and to end homophobia. To also bring people of the same group into one setting where they feel loved and accepted for who they are. This is the weirdest, most pointless stuff ever. Nobody tells straight. Nobody tells somebody they shouldn't or can't be straight. Straight people don't get hated or bashed for who they are. Except if you're a black dude dating a white chick someplace in like Mississippi or Tennessee, you're told not to date that person because boom. And and that was one of the arguments that I I, I threw out there. You know, is, is is equating race to 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 love because you have these people saying that uh, age has no love, age has no race, it has no gender. It's like yeah, for sure. Or, or or love has has none of those things. Love has no 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 race, gender, class, or any of that type of stuff. Uh, but yet I can still be hated on simply for being me and for who I love. And so I feel like that's a false equivalency. But I I, I get where they're coming from. Um, and a lot of these people have 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 problems that, that that create these circumstances. Like it truly is a fascinating topic to to look at the psychology. Of this, you know, we've looked at the mind of the predators and people who go after children and stuff like that. We're now beginning to have to look at the psychology behind the whole LGBTQP uh, movement. And the reason I say this is because it'll cancel itself out. It 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 really will. Uh, but in the meantime, here here's where we find ourselves. So we'll save that for the end of this actual segment. Uh, but let's talk about something that is again just telling of the time frame that we're in and why we have to raise awareness about this and and and, and where we see things going. Right here, Gender Transition Clinic sees huge spike in children under 14 seeking sex change. This is by Ricky Scaparo of End Times Headline. We put this up July 2nd. And before I get into this, remember that towards the end of Season 8, we talked about, and the Free Thought Project put this article out, how we talked about children as young as 8 years old getting same-sex hormone treatment. So we're going to be looking at gender transition, pedophilia, homosexuality, and all of this stuff in this segment. We're, we're, we're really going to look at the mindset of, of this, this very invasive agenda. Like, I know Pride Month just ended, but think about what we're talking about. Communists having an armed stage rebellion down at the border, uh, mass medications being introduced into society, and, and, and all this stuff. Think about what we're talking about. Getting into this article, it says a British gender clinic has reported a massive increase in the number of children seeking to transition from one sex to another. The most significant surge in demand has come from young girls who were determined to transition to becoming males. According to British newspaper The, T- the Times, approximately three quarters of those attending London's Tavistock and Portman Clinic for gender reassignment treatment are girls. Now, I want to pause right there. Because longtime listeners will remember us talking with uh, Robbie D. and Marty Martin of the Underground Resistance Network and how the Tavistock Institute is essentially the social engineering arm of the UK. So when you have the Tavistock Institute, and I don't know if this is connected, but when you have the Tavistock Institute getting involved in gender reassignment treatment, that is what I find very dangerous. Now, and I gotta pause this real quick because we talked about this in the first segment. Lithium being added to the water supply as a mood stabilizer, uh, fluoride being added to the water as a, a a a dental hygiene chemical, and now 
hate love him or hate him, Alex Jones was right with the atrazine being added to the water, turning the frickin' frogs gay. Here we are now, fast forward a few years, uh, and now we have children as young as 14 wanting to become males. Girls and children that are eight years old saying, you know what, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like this. Can I do a reover? Like, can I select female instead of male? Acting like this is some kind of RPG. Continuing on, a role-playing game. Uh, continuing on, it says the Tavistock and Portman is an NHS-funded clinic that is, quote, for children and young people and their families who experience difficulties in the development of their gender identity. And is, quote, the only one of its kind in Great Britain, according to its website, Patients Getting Younger. There has also been a notable change in the age of those seeking to transition, with some 54% of those referred being 14 or young, younger. Quote, the number of 13-year-olds seeking treatment rose by 30% in a year to 331. Referrals to or referrals of 14-year-olds went up by a quarter to 511. The number of 11-year-olds is up by 28%. The youngest patient was three. Oh, wow. Wrote Andrew Gilligan at the Sunday Times. Across all ages, the entire year's rise was accounted for by girls. The number of boys referred, 624, was the same as last year. The number of girls was 1,740, or 74% of patients at the service. Former Labor member Venice Allen, who was expelled for, from her political party after expressing concerns on the issues surrounding transgenderism, highlighted her concerns regarding the vulnerability of many of the children being treated at Tavistock. Quote, we know that compared to only 1% of the general population, about a third of young people treated at the Tavistock have an autism spectrum disorder diagnosis. Wow. Uh, she told the Christian Post, quote, a condition that is characterized by difficulties of social interaction. She added, vulnerable girls are being used by the transgender movement to destigmatize what is essentially a male sexual fetish. Shocked by the fact that gender transition referrals among young people had increased by over 4,000% over the past decade, Equalities Minister Penny Mordaunt launched an immediate review of the situation. Wow, so many different things there. Increased over 4,000%. That's crazy. They're just doing it. Children with autism spectrum disorder going in for gender reassignment treatment. Hmm. People with mental deficiencies, people mentally handicapped. What did I talk about at the start with depression, agricultural stuff, uh, mood stabilizers, trying to fit in the pressure of society? You see, and now I'm going to play for you guys a quick clip to where they have drag queen story hour advocating laying on the floor with the drag queens after story time. Across the country, protests, police lines, and petitions, all in a battle over books, or rather, who is reading books to children in a literacy program called Drag Queen Story Hour. Once upon a time. Jonathan Hamilt helped bring the concept to New York. I guess our goal is to make every kid feel comfortable and have a safe space to explore. Kids can feel safe in a space where they might be feeling different. You there are now more than 35 chapters nationwide. Performers with the nonprofit undergo training and, in many cases, background checks. For Jonathan, the dramatic flair and the kids' curiosity seemed a perfect fit. Is that your real hair? 
is that your real name? Um, are those your real nails? Just like really funny things like, is that a wig? They know it's dress up and it's a costume. But there's been backlash. Not to bring their kids to this event. Contentious city council meetings. Like the wickedness. Even lawsuits. Some saying not in our town. On behalf of God, we're asking him to move this totally out of our community. Others insist it confuses kids still learning about gender identity. This is certainly inappropriate. This kind of thing for a little bitty child, they're too young to comprehend such a thing. How about a duck? For Jonathan, though, the protests are exactly the point, making sure the next generation is taught tolerance. When they grow up and they see someone there different on the street, they won't treat them any differently because of how they look or act. So far, most of the programs are still in place. At the end of the day, we're just reading to kids, so we're promoting literacy, we're playing games, we're having fun. Dante, did you have fun? Yeah. Kids and drag queens, controversial to some, but here at least, keeping the audience hanging on every word. Kristen Dahlgren, NBC News, New York. Hey, NBC News fans, thanks for checking out our YouTube. Get out of here, Lester Holt. Thank you, Kristen. Uh, so very interesting stuff to talk about there. These drag queens have to go through training and background checks because they were aware that we were coming on to them, and, and, and we watched. Very, very interesting stuff surrounding the transgenderist movement and this drag queen story hour stuff. It's not going to slow down, I tell you that. They want to come after your kids. They're, I'm telling you, where do you think it's going to end? I, I played for you a clip uh, before where in the UK they have this show called Age Gap Love where you have somebody that's like 47 with like a 16-year-old. Oh, my bad. Uh, a, a, a 49-year-old with an 18-year-old <laughs> because that makes it better. And this is what they mean by age has no love. Age or love has no age. That this is all good. So don't worry, we're going to keep going. I'm going to play for you guys a clip of Bella Thorne talking about being molested from age 6 to 14 at Disney. I guess I have a confusion surrounding all this because it's like, how can we condemn pedophilia but at the same time encourage this? You know, we're not, we're not seeing the underlying causes or we're not talking about the underlying causes and how rampant pedophilia is, how rampant sexual molestation and sexual abuse is, and the effects that it's having on society. But here is Bella Thorne uh, talking about being molested while working for Disney. But I, again, we shouldn't be surprised because of all the information that's coming out surrounding Pedigate, Pizzagate, spirit cooking, and so much more. Let's take a listen. But it is what it is. Like, it's like anything in my life. I mean, if you read the book, you'll be like, <laughs> transitioning from Disney to this was fucking easy. I don't know. Getting molested for fucking from your six to your 14 seems like way harder circumstances or being physically abused all the time seems like a much more difficult situation than fucking have paparazzi following you since you were 12. I don't know. I was still being molested when paparazzi were still fucking following me. So it's pretty hard in my mind to think about these big flashlight photographs and everyone thinking they know me and talking about me, but having no idea the type of mistreatment that I was still dealing with at that time that everyone around me saw and did nothing. So I don't know. You tell me what's so hard. Because that to me way harder than any other of this other shit that I do on a daily basis. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine being a Hollywood movie star and literally being praised for being molested and having your innocence robbed from you. Oh, but don't worry. You look good in that little skirt. And what is Desmond the Amazing? 
if 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 we shouldn't be surprised by this, this is sad. I feel like this is becoming sad, and so just like commonplace. Elijah Wood talks about it. Uh, uh, Corey, um, uh, the, his name escapes me at the moment. Not Corey Booker, but the other one, Corey Feldman. I think uh, he's spoken about it. You know, so many people in Hollywood have spoken about it. The casting couch, the pedophilia, the sexual molestation. You know, it is rampant in Hollywood, and it's become so commonplace that now. They've got to they've got to openly just put it out there and say, yeah, no, we're doing this type of stuff. Like that's the crazy part about it. And I've and I've said this because of the pedogate phenomena. They they tried to show you with all the pedophile arrests how pervasive it was, but now because it's so much of an epidemic, they just have to go ahead and normalize it. Right? Like people like 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 so many people are smoking weed, they have to normalize marijuana. So many people are pedophilic uh, child molesters or, or engaging in this type of sexual perversion that they have to normalize it. You know, I didn't talk about this when we played that last clip for you about the drag queen story hour, but Dylan Pontiff, uh, a known drag queen, went to the Louisiana City Council meeting two years ago and said just that. We are here to teach your children tolerance. We are teaching you tolerance. We are teaching the next generation, grooming them and getting them ready to not respond to what you know is bad. And this is where I have to take that next step. What happens when you have children as young as 6 and 14 coming after you because that's what they're used to. They are used to not not being scientists, not being doctors, not being lawyers, not being writers, authors, engineers. Uh, not No, no. They're used to being sexual toys. They're used to being misused and abused. And that's why this is so dangerous is because we should be able to offer the world and more to our to, to the future to the children but this is the kind of world that we're offering to them you see and that's why we have to raise this awareness it's become so much of an epidemic that they have to normalize it and I'll, and I'll talk about that uh, after this not this video but the next video uh, the 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 abuse the mental health aspect and how they're literally just perpetuating the very same thing that was done to them they know it's wrong but they have to again just double down and that's what's so scary, is they know what they're doing, and they're pushing for it anyway. But here, uh, you have Texas, a Texas school board considering introducing sex education to get to, ki to, 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 to kindergartners. I can't even bring myself to say it. But beside kinder benders, like kinder gender benders, kindergartners that are engaging in this gender bending activity, you now have school boards saying, hey, we're going to go ahead and teach sex education to kindergartners. It's the Texas Education Board considering new policies that would begin sex education during kindergarten. CBS 7's Shane Battis joins us in the studio to explain. Shane? That's right. Texas Education Board Commissioner Mike Morath made recommendations to, in health care in his health care review that includes lessons about healthy relationships and reproduction. Braylee Stewart is six years old and just finished kindergarten a few months ago. Her mother, Braylon, says the idea of her daughter learning anything about sex at her age makes her cringe. If she was in school and I got that kind of letter sent home, I'd probably take her out of school. She would be homeschooled or we would try some kind of private something. But in no way do I think that is at all appropriate for anybody under the age of puberty. Morass guidelines don't offer specifics on how lessons would work, but say they would include age-appropriate material about forming healthy relationships, personal safety, anatomy, and reproduction. Braylon says even if kindergartners like her daughter are only getting a basic crash course, it's the Texas Education Board considering new pop. Yeah, I think that's crazy. Uh, maybe it's because I, maybe because my parents talked to me, 
uh, about it that I just have a different a different perspective surrounding it. But uh, the, the whole hypersexualization of children agenda that is something very real, and I talked about that uh, with 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 you guys over Instagram Live. One of the questions we got is: uh, Is Earth overpopulated? What is our purpose here? Uh, what's going on? And the effects of, se- of, of of wasted sexual energy. And so I think that this is something that I seriously do need to look at. Things like the divine uh, masculine and the, the or the, the the divine feminine and the sacred masculine uh, effects of wasted sexual energy and stuff like this. Because I'm 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 learning that there's a lot of misdirection surrounding this. And because people don't know, they're not able to tap into those that what they're calling gender identity, gender energies, gender expression, and so much more. Uh, these are also expression. These are also teachings of the Hermetic principles, of uh, the seven secret teachings of the Hermetic principles. And I have still been reading uh, the Way of Hermes, given to me by Adam Nix and J.C. Abbott of the Wayfinder Podcast. Uh, but this next clip I'm going to play for you is Cory Booker at the Democratic presidential debates that happened uh, during the break where he talks about why we need to talk about transgenders. And so before I play for you guys again, it's just to illustrate how pervasive this topic is and how many people are engaged in this discussion. Like, it truly is a thing. And so I guess I worry, or I think about it, because, you know, it's like we're, we're, we're not talking about the chemicals and the environment. We're not talking about why more people are, 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 are I guess, becoming gay. Like, what else, what is this? You know, you have other people older proponents of the LGBTQP history movement who were really not down for what is being pushed today. It's commercialization, you know, it's, it's, it truly is, again, an interesting phenomenon to see. But right here, we have Cory Booker saying that we need to talk about transgenders more. Look, civil rights is some place to begin. But in the African-American civil rights community, another place to focus on was to stop the lynching of African-Americans. We do not talk enough about trans Americans, especially African-American trans Americans, and the incredibly high rates of murder right now. We don't talk enough about how many children, about 30% of LGBTQ kids, who do not go to school because of fear. It's not enough just to be on the Equality Act. I'm an original co-sponsor. We need to have a president that will fight to protect LGBTQ Americans every single day from violence. Thank you, Senator Booker. Look, civil rights is some place to be. And this is um, this is a very interesting thing for me. I want to say this because there's a lot of families that grow up in a single family household, household uh, raised by either the mother, specifically the mother, and this is how the government designed it to give uh, single household, single parent households more money. And it's, it's it's just crazy. But I guess what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of people that have been raised by their mothers within the African American community. And so transgenderism, cross-dressing, homosexuality, all of this stuff is rampant within, like, the African-American community, um, you know, and, and it, it, it's just crazy to see it. So what am I trying to talk about? I'm talking about systemic issues that create more issues. The, the, the destruction of the nuclear family to where children don't have, like, a proper male role model. Uh, the destruction of core values. If, these, if, if, if people grow up hearing how... 50% of the population is the problem, they're not going to want to interact with the next part of the 50% of the population or even know how to change themselves to become a better part of that 50% population. What I'm saying is is these is these these parents are raising themselves. They're raising uh, children, not for them to be themselves, but to become all the things that they hate. Like, it's just, it, it, it is an interesting phenomenon. You know, I talked to this, this 18, not even, no, not 18, 
of this this middle school girl who was becoming and in, going into high school, uh, and she was talking about how her and her girlfriend haven't told their parents yet about uh, them being lesbian. Uh, and so I said, you know, I find this so interesting because it's like, are did you have these feelings naturally? Is this something that's rebellious to you? Like, is this like what is this? And I truly am fascinated by it because we're talking about the culling of the population. We're talking about population control in one way, shape, form, or another. And I know people don't want to hear that, but there are so many things surrounding this that we do need to talk about it. Uh, you know, we, we talked about it in the future. You know, have you guys ever talked about kids? Uh, and I know this is a, a child, but I'm sure a lot of people end up having this discussion, talking about kids. Her response was, well, we will we'll adopt kids. And I say, well, yeah, it just it's 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 so telling. It's very interesting uh, to hear all this talked about. So you have gender identity, sex and pro- sex and reproduction, uh, body dysmorphia, client- chemical mix-ups, abuse, uh, so many different things surrounding this. Like that's why mental health is such a huge thing within like the LGBTQP community because these people are being marginalized and they're not being looked at. And so you've got to look at the base reasons surrounding these things and so much more you see uh, so here let's get into the, the 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 crux of this and again since pride month is over we're now talking about how essentially being straight is a bad thing there are so, apparently there are more people out there uh, who who are of the homosexual persuasion that we are known. They call us heteros. They call us people who, who love the opposite sex. They have a, they have a name for us, and I find that very, very, very interesting. This is all crazy to me, because I guess I'm saying this now. In the future, you know they are going to push for a bill to start having sex with children. We're seeing that discussed right now. So what happens whenever you are considered the problem because you're not engaging in all this? Right here, bam, we put this up June 28th. It's by Dean Garrison of the Sons of Liberty Media. It says, Boston Straight Pride Parade has been officially approved. The suspense is over, and Super Happy Fun America is officially bringing a straight pride parade to Boston. Super Happy Fun America invites you to celebrate the diverse history, culture, and contributions of the straight community. The straight pride event will be held to achieve inclusivity and spread awareness of issues impacting straights in greater Boston and beyond. It will be a one-day event consisting of a pair of a parade followed by a flag-raising ceremony. Celebrate being heterosexual. The city of Boston rejected Super Happy Fun America's application to raise the straight pride flag at a city hall. But unfortunately, the Walsh administration is not yet committed to creating a supportive environment for straights and equality for all. However, we congratulate the city for having the courage to embrace progress by approving our our parade application. We will continue to educate the mayor and the public in anticipation that one day straights will be able to celebrate their lifestyle like everyone else. (laughs) What better way to educate and foster unity than by having a parade? (laughs) And so the parade is is, is 12 o'clock, August 31st, uh, at Copley Square at at Boston uh, City Hall. So definitely go check it out. And people are genuinely fired up and, and, and angry about this. And I'm sure we'll cover it the closer it gets there to the actual parade itself. But again, I just I guess I want to show you some more of these comments to get this on record. So we can talk about that because right here, Cat Bays says the organizers are white supremacists. I'm sitting this out. 
uh, Sir Script says, we need an air breather parade. Uh, Danielle Gomez says, to all those here that are currently shaming straight people for this parade, you've become exactly what you were so against. A hateful person. I totally understand that the LGBTQ community has dealt with lots of shame and hate for decades, but for you all, for, but for you to tell straight people that they can't be proud of who they are is called hypocrisy, and I think that's the best way to summarize it. Thank you, Daniela, because this is this is what's going on. It's hypocrisy. You can't push and say you need to be tolerant when we're not tolerant, and that's what I mean by the the. The, the double think that we have had to engage in throughout the entirety of this transmission. This is what I mean by beyond, being in beyond 1984, beyond George Orwell's 1984. This is the time frame that we're in. This is what I mean by corruption of innocence. This is what I mean by the corruption of innocence. Why we're not allowed to have anything that is pure and simple. You know, earlier this week we heard that Miley Cyrus said that virginity is a social construct. And that again, I think that's something that, you know, can be left up for debate. Uh, that we might have to do a whole separate series on. You know, it, it, it's crazy as things develop and grow. Uh, just the different perspectives and hats we have to put on to, 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 to keep a level of sanity. With, the, with, with, with what's going on. It truly is mind-blowing. However, gang, that's our really have for you. I know. We went over a whole lot of different things, uh, from transgenderism to lithium in the water, AI control, the technocracy, social media, uh, social engineering, you name it. You name it. And I, I guess I'm not really surprised because where we're going in the future, it's only going to get more and more crazy. Uh, this is it. This is the future. It truly is here with robots, transhumans, aliens, advanced technology. Uh, but before we get there, before we get on all that crazy stuff, all that good stuff, we have got to go through whatever this transformative process is. And that's exactly where we find ourselves, gang. I was hearing something when I was saying, whenever I was listening to Steve Quayle and Pastor David Langford uh, uh, give their eulogy, essentially, of Joe Hagman. The devil doesn't want you to know of the progress that we are making. The devil doesn't want you to know what God is doing for you. And gang, let me tell you, there's a lot being done for us. It is a blessing to be around these days, and it is an honor to still be alive in your guys' life. As I said, however, that's all I really have for you. Make sure you check out the mini-cast that we did talking about overpopulation. And if you want to become a Patreon-exclusive member, think about doing so. Check out the links in the description bar below. We have new features that we're going to be rolling out publicly as well as privately. And it's because of your guys' continued support that we are doing this. And we're only going to get better as time continues. That's all I really have for you. Stay vigilant, gang. And remember, expose lies and share truth. This is Noisera, Freedom Faction, out. And welcome to Season 9.
is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.